The following podcast has been pre-recorded for your audio pleasure. It is rated M for Mexican. Welcome to episode 78 of Mexican Matters. We are driving back to Minnesota, well, Minneapolis to be exact, from Fargo after a successful baby, this is what I came for, marathon number 54, state number 32 in the books. The medal is pretty sweet. It's around your truly's neck. And on the back, it's got a pretty nice quote. I actually, you know, I like it when races do good with the medal. Like, that's, I appreciate that. Like, the back of it, it's got one of my favorite quotes, how far will you go? And then it's got, you know, that was the slogan of the race. And it's quoting, you know, Hebrews 12.1. Let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. One of my favorite running quotes. And the medal's kind of big, so it's, you know, it's all about the bling. It's all about the bling, 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 bling. Um, the course was flat. Good crowd support, good food, good water stations. See, this is how you do a good race, okay? This is how you put on a good show. Um, and it was the first time <clears throat> the race started inside one of the stadiums, like a dome. So it starts, you start there and you finish there. So, you know... In case of bad weather, you're inside. And because that's the home, I actually found out who plays at the Fargo Dome. It's uh, North Dakota State University. Uh, You might remember them. They're the ones that gave us uh, Wentz, a quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. So um, they let us use the the team showers after the race. Very nice. Um, As opposed to when I did Oklahoma uh, and I did the Ardmore Marathon... Those were high school facilities, and they didn't have any warm water, which, in retrospect, was okay because it was hot as balls outside on that day. So cold water was was good for you. Um, they had hot water; it was very nice. You had to bring your own towel and, you know, toiletries. Which I mean, I had my toiletries with me. I just got. I basically grabbed. I stole a towel from the hotel. Now the hotel um, was offering. <clears throat> Uh, it actually rents out per hour. So if I wanted to, I could have stayed like a couple more hours and showered there. But, you know, I already had checked out and all the, you know, all my stuff was already with me and the race provided shower. So didn't need to. But I'm, I'm glad that was an option. Now, uh, Saturday, so um, I went to the Fargo Dome to pick up my packet. And, you know listen to one of the coaches give a give his lecture and and 
he said some stuff about running that I kind of needed to hear. It, it's all about running mechanics, and he men- he mentioned four points. You know, <clears throat> you got to relax. Because and he told he told the analogy, and I'm going to share that with you. He basically compared marathon running to, like, let's just say the best long jump athlete is asked to jump 26 times in a row. Like, the world record. Guy holds the world record for whatever the distance is. I can't remember what he said that the record was. But if you ask him, okay, jump 26 times, give me that world record every time. He can't. And he's a world-class athlete. No long jumper will jump the exact distance 26 times because they'll get tired. So how are you, as a mere mortal, supposed to do the same for 26 miles? How are you supposed to run your fastest mile and hold that for 26 miles? You can't. But what you can do is relax and control when your body physically, you know, breaks down and how you react to it. So that's one of his points was relax. Number two was hold your posture, stay upright like the ballerinas. He compared it to ballerina, to, to a ballerina, you know, like ballet dancing. He said they are all about posture and that's what you need to do when you're running. When you get tired, don't hunch over. Don't like, you know, drop down. No, stay upright and keep your hips and your pelvis horizontal and that would help and I, and I noticed that th- that's not something I do so it kind of resonated with me um, I forgot the dude's name because I, I walked into his lecture like 10 minutes into it I think his name is Pete or something uh, but he trains world class athletes and marathoners he wasn't always a marathon runner um, and he has a book and he even says you know my book doesn't say you know, do this, this is the best technique. It's like, hey, this will work for me. If it works for you, great. If not, whatever. And that's the thing with running. It's like, it's different technique. there's different techniques and everybody's different. What works for somebody does not mean it's gonna work for somebody else. But the fact of the matter is, marathon running does need you to have perfect run mechanics. And that's, I think, where I struggle and that's, I took his advice to heart and I tried to do that at the race. So his next point was, okay, so you gotta stay upright like a ballerina and you gotta, you know, use the bow. Cause he was comparing the wrist and your arm movements with your feet to like a bow and arrow. You could have the best arrow out there. Titanium, light, best arrow money could buy. But if your bow fucking sucks, what are you gonna do, throw the arrow? No, you need a bow to shoot an arrow. So he was basically comparing that. He said your your upper arms, your arms are the bow that makes the arrow go, which is your legs. So he basically said, you know, don't lose that momentum with your arms. Your wrist action is what helps you move your feet and your ankles. So keep it up. And then the last point, he was saying was 
you know, your breathing. Because you got to keep your breathing the same. And he suggested breathing, um, you know, out and then in for three steps and then out and keeping that kind of cadence. Which I also found myself, like, during the race, I struggle with that. Because three of my steps are fast. So he's asking me to breathe more because, I'm, I mean, the dude runs under three-hour marathon. So, I mean, his breathing, when he takes three steps, he goes further than when I take three steps. And that's the thing. It's like he said, if you, if you ever ask me to train you, we're literally going to spend every practice on your running mechanics. And it could be from, like, one side of the, of, of the wall to the other in this auditorium. And that's all I need. And then until you can get down your run mechanics, you won't be able to, you know, go out and do like a 5K or 10K, whatever. Because you have to be able to hold that same run motion every second for the entire race. You have to repeat it every second, the same. And that's what he trains to do. And, you know, I I actually, you know, I think he said he was... Uh, he lived in California for a while and moved. I think he moved to Jersey now. So, you know, I would not be opposed to having him as a run coach. I may have to figure out his full name. I'm sure it's written somewhere on the on the program for the race. And we'll see how much he charges. But anyways, well, well you know, maybe maybe that's what I need to get a Boston qualifying time. Because I mean. I love my coach, my coach, my Ashley. I love her, but I, I mean, it's a, it's at a point where I don't see myself getting that much faster. So I mean, I don't know. And plus, now I'm doing a lot more races, so I won't necessarily have time. I've done Boston, so I don't really need to go for a qualifying time. But it'd be great to like get there with a qualifying time. Hey, but that's on my. Let's put that on the bucket list on the. On the goal sheet of goals to aspire to. If you hear some background noise, it is because it is pouring down rain as I'm driving back to Minneapolis. Now, I'm glad the rain waited until I was done. I finished in four hours and fifty-five, uh, four hours, fifty-five minutes and sixteen seconds officially. And uh, you know, I'm glad it didn't start raining until after that. Now, Saturday, once I got my packet, I did get some coupons for two of the races I'm going to be doing up here. Uh, the Sioux Falls one in South Dakota and Dick Beersley here in uh, Minnesota. So I got some coupon codes for that. So I'll be signing up for those here in the near future. Got to keep those going. Got to keep the schedule on, on point. And uh, I bought myself a Roo Sports uh, pack. It's this cool um, running pouch that you just slip it inside your your shorts and then outside and it stays together with magnets and it's light and it's perfect it holds your phone it holds your goose no running belt needed I used it it worked like a charm and it's waterproof so if it rains no big deal and that's the issue I had with the clip like the clip would eventually the phone's out there so the clip, yeah, it clips to your belt, uh, to your to your shorts, but if it rains, I mean, my 
iPhone is legit getting wet. Um, same thing if it's cold outside. My phone would stop working. Now with this this pouch, I'm guessing I could put like something around the phone to keep it warm. It's in the pouch, so no big deal. Now, mind you, I did have to stop and poop during the race. I'm out 10. So I could have technically gone faster. Um, I would like to thank Thornberry and his beer challenge, uh, beer mile challenge on on Thursday. Shout out to Thornberry if he's listening. He's a listener of the podcast. Because that, you know, kind of got me going. Uh, It allowed me to run faster today uh, as opposed to my last two marathons. Uh, I think, uh, I believe three in a row it had been that I'd done over five. Well, actually, counting Boston, that'd be four in a row. I did over five. So Boston, a little bit over five. Um, Salt Lake City, a little bit over five. Canton, Ohio, again, faster than Salt Lake, but still over five. Uh, Cincinnati, definitely over five. And this time, 455, you know, under five. So thank you, Thornberry, for inspiring a faster pace. It also helped that the course was flat. But anyways... Uh, so, yesterday, when I got my packet, um, you know, after I did the expo and, you know, did the, you know, listen to the, the lecture, something embarrassing happened, I must, admit, I must admit, I walked outside, and if anybody knows me, I am terrible at remembering where my car's parked in a giant parking lot. This could be Walmart, the movies, a mall, stadiums. I, I'm terrible. I usually park next to a, a a marker so I know, oh, that's where I parked. So I go outside and I'm like, okay, well, it's time to check into the hotel. I go outside and I it literally took me an hour to find the car. I'm outside and I'm like looking around. I'm like, where the fuck's my car? I walk around the whole stadium, the whole parking lot, couldn't find it. Went back inside, went out the other exits. I'm like, I could have sworn I parked right in front of the east entrance. No, I couldn't find it. And then I'm like, why is this taking forever? Hour goes by. And not until I realized, okay, so I I grabbed my keys out of my pocket. And that's when it hit me. Oh, this this is not my car keys. Oh, shit, I'm in a rental. And I clicked and it beeped and I could hear the beep. I'm like, where are you, car? And I'm like, oh, there you are. And it was legit in front of the east entrance. I was looking for Samantha. Literally walking around like a retard. Looking for my car that is parked at home in Ohio. I went up to like a few blue Corollas. I'm like, why is this license plate not Ohio? There's not a lot of out-of-state plates up here. A lot of Dakotas. North Dakota. Yeah, I would think at least... Nebraska, Montana, South Dakota, since they're all around. No, just North Dakota and a few Minnesotas. Like, oh, great. I was able to get my hair cut. They did have a local sport clips. So, I mean, it was getting long. I should have done it a few weeks ago, but I chose not to. Oh, my God. It was just driving me nuts. And I'm like, I, this needs to be done before the race. They didn't have the same trimmers the little razor that goes super short and it feels like a baby's bottom because apparently they have to abide by state laws. But they still did a, a zero guard and, I mean, better than nothing. I'll have them tweak it 
at back at, back at home after I come back from Boston and Vermont after Memorial Day because this this will last me a few weeks easily. Um, then I you know some a lot of maniacs were there for the race, Law Marathon maniacs. Um, I had dinner with uh, three of them. Uh, one was the Mississippi ambassador, like oh I'm the Columbus ambassador, and. Uh, one was from Rhode Island, and I believe the other one was, uh, I forget where from, uh, but anyways, we had dinner together at the Green, Mi- uh, Green Mill, it was actually right down the road from the hotel I was staying at, because the, the maniac that suggested it was also in the same hotel, so it was walking distance, I'm like, great, perfect. Um, so we ate there, and then went to bed like around 9.30. Uh, got up at 5.30 And the Maniac picture was at 6.15 I was I was intending to get there In time for the picture But I ran a little bit late Getting food and breakfast in the morning And I got there like 10 minutes late I'm like really guys you can't wait 10 minutes uh, I really wanted to meet Meg Because she's doing the states like I am And well She's on state 43 uh, Going on 44 but I've done the majors, so that has taken time away from being able to do states. And I wanted Boston to be 50, so that, you know, doesn't allow me to do any new states before Boston. Or add any extra races. So, um, no, I didn't make the picture, but hey, um, I met uh, the one maniac in the showers, of all places. Um, he was telling me about... You know, he's a maniac. He just recently joined. And I'm like, yeah, it's my 50, 53rd state. He goes, oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, I'm at titanium level. I'm like, oh, wow. There's not that many of you that are titanium. I'm like, I know. It's only 269. And it's it's cool to, like, meet these maniacs and, like, talk about stuff. Because it, it puts things in perspective. Because um, I really don't find what I've done that awe-inspiring because I've met people that are on their 200th marathon. I'm like, oh shit. Like, no. 50 is nothing compared to that. Um, and then also, like, at dinner with the other three maniacs, uh, we were talking about stuff and how we, we all agreed that I'm like the half fanatics. I mean, I'm basically running a half every time I do a full. I'm like, that's just, you know, a money maker. I don't really care about it. But like, yeah, I agree. And we made fun of Derek Murphy and his nonsense and how he has too much China on his hands. And I suggested an idea, and I think I'm going to do it. The next time I'm in Cincinnati, the next time I want to run the Flying Pig, I'm going to make a T-shirt. Now, Derek Murphy's that investigator guy who basically, as a hobby, has his marathon investigation website, tries to find people who cut courses and cheat to get to Boston or whatever. So, I mean, seriously, the dude needs a, a life and needs to calm the fuck down. So... I think I'm going to do a marathon, the Flying Pig, because he lives in Cincinnati. And I'm going to wear a shirt on race day, the whole race. The front's going to say, I cheated, dot, dot, dot. And on the back, it's going to say, and Derek Murphy never caught me. And they're like, it's hilarious. You should totally do it. I'm like, yeah. And then he'll like lose his mind researching me to see if I actually cheated, which I haven't. So that'd be hilarious. Kind of like how he put up an article about bib copying for the New York City Marathon. And the actual running companies or 
groups that were doing it, they even, they're like, they literally flat out advertise. No shame. Yeah. You want to run a major and save money and not have to pay an insane amount of money to do it? Hey, bring your, bring, come here, pay us a little bit, and then, hey, we'll copy a bit for you. I'm like, oh, shit. All right. Did not know these people had the balls to do that. I mean, what are they going to do? Oh, you're going to shut down every company? Derek Murphy. Oh, my Lord. But yeah, uh, fun times, fun times. Now I'm driving back to take uh, the car back to the airport because I only rented it until 5 o'clock today. Uh, and then uh, probably going to Uber over to my cousin's and uh, spend the night there. And I leave uh, tomorrow morning at 10 from the airport. So uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll probably make that a put put that experience on a uh, a future podcast. Because um, hey, driving to Boston for the game with the Jackaroos and the running Vermont, we got some time to rec- pre-record. Um, but anyways, you know, this is technically the sports podcast, but we are mixing things up as always. So, but we do have to mention some things in the sporting world that have uh, gone on recently. Congratulations to Chelsea, who have officially, as of a week ago, won the Premiership. It's only two games left in the season. Nobody cares. Chelsea's won. Uh, Manchester United is going to face Ajax for the final of the Europa League. If Manchester wins, they go to the Champions League too. Real Madrid-Juventus in the final of the Champions League. That one's going to be on June 3rd. I don't know why they always push shit back. I don't get it. Um, so basically, in other sports, hockey still in the playoffs. It's down to the f- conference finals. You have the Predators against the Ducks in the West and Pittsburgh again uh, against the Senators in the East. I would really hope the, the Penguins don't win it again. So I'm going to have to go with the Ducks. I'm rooting for the Ducks to win the whole thing. We'll see if that happens. Speaking of conference finals, the NBA, full swing conference finals. The Warriors, they actually played tonight in San Antonio, but they are up 2-0 on the Spurs in their series. They've not lost a playoff game. Now, people are saying they cheated because uh, Saza Pachulia, you know, put his foot out and then Kawhi Leonard landed on it and tweaked his ankle which was already sprained and he missed game two and Golden State I mean he missed the rest of game one and all of game two and he's questionable for the night and you know people saying it's a dirty play I'm like it didn't look dirty when I saw it okay so let's just no like what the fuck like it would have happened if anybody else was there you're, you're pressing. He jumped in the air. What are you going to do? Move out the way? Or like, oh, let me make sure he lands appropriately. No, you're in the spirit of competition. It happens. Like, I almost tweaked my ankle, like, during a, a Jackaroos game because one of my teammates stepped on me. Like, it happens. But, of course, people saying the Warriors are cheating. I'm like, come on. Get the fuck out of here. Even without Kawhi Leonard... On, in game two, they have a strong enough roster to make it a game. And they got the shit kicked out of them. 136 to 100. 
And if anybody can win in San Antonio and sweep the Spurs, it's Golden State. They have a big four. They did it last time when the Spurs were up by a lot after two quarters, and then they came back and, and beat the shit out of them. And if Kawhi doesn't play, everybody else needs to step up. Hey, not like they have scrubs on the, on the team. Speaking of stepping in up, Boston, come on. You got the Cavs against the Celtics. Cavs are technically the two seed against the Boston who has the one seed. Boston's at home. How'd you lose two games at home? Like, in the, la- in the game last night. Embarrassing. The worst beatdown in Celtics history. It's like over 45 points or something like that. Like, they were just destroying the Celtics. Mind you, Isaiah Thomas went out with a hip injury. Oh, boo-hoo-hoo. The rest of the team, again, not like the Spurs because they're not as stacked or playoff savvy as the Spurs. But come on. You got other people that can step up. Like Just the fact that you lose by that many, it's just embarrassing. What are you going to do now? Go and win two in Cleveland? I would love to see that. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Cavs are going to sweep the shit out of Boston. But, I mean, we already knew they were basically... We knew LeBron and company did not care whether they were the one seed or not. They knew they were making the finals regardless with an eye on Golden State. Same with Golden State. If Golden State lost the one seed, they didn't care. They knew they were making the finals. It'd be interesting. I would like to see Golden State make the finals, having swept all of the series. Same thing with the Cavs, sweeping everybody. And then I would like to see the Cavs get swept in four. Oh, well, LeBron lost to a big four. It's okay. They're all future Hall of Famers. Okay, get the fuck out of here. Because, and, and this is this brings me to the point I wanted to talk about. I'm tired of all this nonsense, Michael Jordan, LeBron discussion. And Colin Cower and that other bald idiot on the herd, they're like, oh, he's already the greatest of all time. Get the fuck out of here. You can't tell me Michael Jordan didn't play anybody. Really? Okay, so the Utah Jazz with Carmelo and Stockton were, were nobodies. Well, they never won any rings. They didn't make the finals even when Jordan retired. And? Oh, they weren't. Carmelo's not a Hall of Famer and Stockton's not either. Oh, no, they, they, they sucked. He didn't play uh, Patrick Ewan, no, no, and in, in, in the East, no. In the finals, he had the Supersonics, they were they were terrible that year, I'm sure. Oh, Charles Barkley, oh yeah, and the Suns, oh yeah, terrible. And the Trailblazers, oh yeah, they were terrible too, with Clyde Drexler. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, and he, they, he played an L.A. team, you know, with older, you know, people after Kareem had already left, and... Michael jo- uh, uh, Magic Johnson was was not there and blah blah blah. blah. Okay, um, they were still good and they made the finals. So and everybody was more physical back then. So yes, that is why the series were always four to two. Oh, MJ never swept anybody. Um, I'm pretty sure he did in the earlier rounds. Maybe I have to double check the stats on that. But what the fuck? Who cares? Like, here's a stat that I want to throw out there that I saw on, uh, saw on my newsfeed, and I, and I shared it with my brother who is a big LeBron supporter. Mind you, I'm 
I hate it when my brother Enrique likes to argue basketball with me because A, he doesn't watch a single basketball game, and I do. And B, he doesn't support any team. He just loves LeBron, so he roots for the Cavs. Okay, so I showed it to him, and he, he had all these excuses because he was saying that, oh, and just like, you know, everybody else on the herd, Magic had help. He had Horace Grant. He had Steve Kerr. He had Pippen and Rodman. Okay, Pippen and Rodman, one Hall of Famer. I'm not sure if Rodman's a Hall of Famer, but even if he is, two Hall of Famers. Wow, that's a lot. Oh, Steve Kerr's the best three-point shooter of all time. Really? And then Ray Allen's what? Hmm. Interesting. Well, Michael Jordan took forever to win his first ring, too. He kept losing. He didn't even make the finals. LeBron took a bunch of idiots to the finals against the Spurs. Really? Okay, I'm pretty sure he had a decent team. And Michael didn't have anybody before he got Pippen. And even then, he only had Pippen. It took him a while to gel, and then guess what? They made the finals. Hmm. Interesting. But what drives me nuts is, oh, LeBron had nobody. He took a bunch of nobodies to the to the, to the the finals against the Spurs, got swept. Oh, oh, and he beat the Detroit Pistons, which was the same team that beat, you know, Shaq, Carmelo, Peyton, and Kobe. Wow. I don't even want to hear that that is a big four. Because they are good enough to, like, make the finals okay. But Carmelo was old and got injured. Peyton was old. Shaq got hurt, I think, too. So, basically, Kobe had to carry the squad. And they got they lost 4-1. Whoop-de-doo. the fuck out of here. Now, LeBron and his Cleveland days, the first time round... He deserves to be criticized for that Because he's the moron That got tattooed in high school His senior year The chosen one On his back And said he was a savior And oh And kept saying Every time they would be eliminated In the early rounds And he got eliminated In the early rounds Remember against the Celtics And remember against the Magic Yeah I do Because he pouted off the court And we were giving him shit for it Then he would come out and say Uh, I'm sorry Uh, I don't need any help And they kept giving him bullshit help Like an older Shaq I mean mind you They still made the playoffs But that's not the help he deserved And he finally wised up And went to Miami With a big three And that's the help he needs And they still didn't win They lost to the Mavericks Who only had Dirk Nowitzki and an old ass Jason Taylor. I mean Jason Terry. They should have not lost that. LeBron should have had four rings. Actually, LeBron should have won every four all four finals he went with the Heat. He should have won all four. Did he? No. Because guess what? After they lost to the Mavs, oh, let's bring Ray Allen. Oh, but Ray Allen's old, as my brother Enrique likes to point out. Okay, you can't, and other people have mentioned this. Oh, Ray Allen's older. Well, okay. But you're counting him as the big three in Boston. Because, mind you, and my brother couldn't remember this, because, of course, he doesn't know shit about basketball. If you bring... Ray Allen came over from Seattle. Kevin Garnett came from Minnesota. And they joined Paul Pierce to form the big three. 
Rondo was not part of the big three. Rondo came in and got developed and then was actually good because he was young and it kind of made them, you know, a semi-big four, even though Rondo was young at the time. But if you count Ray Allen as part of that big three, Ray Allen is worthy of said title. And so when he went to Miami the next year with, with LeBron, that was technically a big four. So let's not give Durant shit for going to Golden State if we were okay with Ray Allen joining LeBron and LeBron needed a big four to win titles. Because guess what? Nobody was saying that Rodman, Pippen, Jordan, and Steve Kerr were a big four at the time. No. It was basically Scotty, P, and Jordan. Rodman knew how to play defense and became an excellent defensive powerhouse because of that. He wasn't one when he joined. He had a few titles because he was part of the bad boys, you know, of the Pistons, but that is it. Get the fuck out of here, people. Oh, we got sidetracked. The stat I wanted to throw out there that I showed my brother, it listed on the left all of Michael Jordan's, like, best teammates. Like, top seven best teammates. And how many times they went to the All-Star Games. And on the right, all of LeBron's teammates, the best teammates he's had. And how many times they went to the All-Star Games. The tally, LeBron's teammates, 44. Michael Jordan's teammates, 11. And we're trying to say that Michael Jordan had enough, the same amount of help. Get the fuck out of here. And I'm pretty sure... Oh, because my brother pointed this out. I was like, well, the all-NBA teams came out. And Kevin Love and Kyrie are not on there. I'm like, they probably should have been. But that doesn't matter. Like, I'm sure if you bring up... I'm not comparing them to, like, the Golden State Warriors. I'm comparing them to Jordan's old teammates. I'm pretty sure if you bring up the all-NBA teams back then, none of them were on there except maybe Scotty P and, and, and Jordan. So don't give me that bullshit. And again, I'm not saying LeBron cannot become the greatest of all time. It's kind of like when Joe Montana had four for four. And I would not put Brady as the greatest of all time until he got five. Because even when he had four, I'm like, mm, I would still go four for four before I would go four for six. Once he got five and now he's five for seven, yeah, I'll put him ahead. Same thing with Jordan and LeBron. But I'll even go, I'll allow, if LeBron gets a six, if he has, you know, right now he's what? Three for seven? If he gets six, he'll be, he'll be six for ten. I'll allow that to, you know, to be considered, him to be considered the greatest of all time if he ties Jordan and has gone to ten finals. Ten straight or whatever you want to call it. But I don't see him be, beating Golden State. That's not happening. And again, enough with the Jordan and and LeBron comparison. I, I get what Colin Cowher's doing and, you know, don't rom romanticize Jordan. And I agree with that to some degree because he had issues. He wasn't perfect. But at the same time, LeBron is asking for it. 
Only now that he finally brought a title to Cleveland after however many tries, however many years, if he was really the chosen one, he would have won one as quick as Kobe did. Oh, but Kobe had Shaq. Again, just Shaq. But yes, that was back in an era where a dominant center was useful. Now, not so much. I get that. But for years now, it's been at least a decade or two. I would say, yeah, no, two decades, 20 years. Because we would go back to 1999. So, yeah, it's been at least, let's see. Yeah, we're we're going on 20 years. Because, uh... I'm pretty sure 1999 was a Spurs victory. So Jordan's last title was 98. Yeah, we're going at least on 20 years now. Almost. That the West is by far the better conference. You can argue whatever bullshit you want. Oh, the Toronto Raptors have the same record as Utah Jazz. Fuck. If you line them up, one through one against one, two against two, three against three, four against four, five against five, six against six, seven against seven, eight versus eight. Of all the teams that went made the playoffs on both sides and played, they played them out best of seven. The West would win all those series. Hands down. And you'd see the records. Even this year I kind of thought that the East would have been a little bit more competitive, but they still, at the end of the day, same bullshit. You have teams on the 500 making the playoffs in the East. And it's all because they play each other four times in the division. They play their conference three times. And so if they're all full of shit, they suck. And then everybody in the West has to play each other. So they they have tougher schedules. Yeah, they're tougher teams. Let's just put it this way. The top three records in the NBA were in the West. And Cleveland wasn't even in the top three. Boston had a better record. Which is sad. But I know it's all about the playoffs, but regardless, what I'm trying to say is, so in the last almost 20 years, so since 1999, when the Spurs won, you have three or four Spurs titles. You have five, the first Lakers 3P, and then the Lakers double 08-09, or 09-010, whatever it was. You have Golden State's title. If it were not for the Pistons, one title, the Celtics, two titles, and LeBron's three, that's five. Every other, the West is clearly the better conference. Like 14 and five, 14 and five record. Yeah, I would say they're the better conference. So, the East, it's easier to win in the East. I guarantee you, if LeBron and the Cavs were in the West, LeBron would not have three rings. He would have a lot less. It'd be 0 for 7, 1 for 7, or maybe, I'd say borderline 2, you know, 1 for 7. Possibly 2, but mm, 1 for 7. They would have not made the finals last year, so the Warriors would have won. I'm pretty sure they would have not beaten San Antonio the two years that they faced San Antonio. So they would have, mm, and they might have been the Thunder, so yeah, okay. They might have got one, yeah, one title. 
So get the fuck out of here with this LeBron is better and is the greatest of all time now. On top of that, yeah, he's passing all these stats, but you have to remember he's played longer. He went straight out of high school like Kobe. So Jordan had three years of college, retired for two, and then retired again before he played with the Wizards. So there was at least six, seven years more that LeBron's been playing than Jordan. Mind you, without even counting possible injuries, because LeBron, I will give him that. He's been more durable for longer, yet he still takes days off because, oh, back spasms. Kobe plays with a fucking fractured finger, and this fucker's taking days off for back spasms. The fuck out of here, chosen one. No. Until he gets six, he is not ahead of Michael Jordan. Until he gets five, he's not ahead of Kobe. Shit, he's not even ahead of Duncan at this point. Or Shaq. And I don't like Duncan or Shaq. But I get it. Like, oh, titles are not everything. I, I understand that. I still would say greatest of all time, yeah, probably Jordan. Because he went six for six. I know Bill Russell had 11. Robert Horry's not the best of all time. Big shot Rob. And he has seven. Because he's a role player. <clears throat> I mean, he was not the reason he won all seven. Bill Russell played in an era where there were 10 teams that they all were terrible. And he was a black guy. And everybody else was white. I get that. And that's why I wouldn't put him... You know, ahead of Michael. But I definitely put him ahead of LeBron. I put Kareem and Magic Johnson ahead of LeBron. Just because you played more minutes and you have more points, does not automatically mean you're better than Michael Jordan. You've played seven more years. Fuck out of here. It's kind of like, I mean, I'm okay. I mean, if I were Robert Ory, I'd be... Talking smack to LeBron all the time. I was like, I have seven. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. And hey, I I'm I would I would go for that. I'm all about that. If I'm a role player and my team wins seven titles, sure. Now of course Robert Ory did it three with the Lakers, two with Houston, and then two with the Spurs. So I mean, uh, I would prefer all seven with the same team. But hey, whatever. Hey, if the Jackaroos won a national title and I was on the bench. Hey, I'm a role player. I come in when I can. I help the team. Whatever. Ben right now is playing for the Denver Bulldogs in freaking Colorado. Hey, I'm pretty sure he comes off the bench. If they win, you know, Division One, kudos. He's the Mexi on that team. Although, I would like to point that out, too, that he did technically fulfill his bet, even though he never agreed to it, of... Seeding his uh, starting spot on the national team to me, technically, by leaving. Fucking idiot. Oh, Lord. Lordy, Lord, Lord. Well, anyways, back to basketball. Um, I did see another video about somebody already claiming that Steph Curry is already the greatest point guard of all time. Well, um, if it's if nowadays the point guard is a scorer, you know, Westbrook, Harden, Curry, 
and the things he does, and he already has, you know, a title if he wins another one this time um, against LeBron. And the teams he's beat, LeBron twice if he wins this year. Um, and just, you know, having the best record of all time, 73-9. I mean, I can sort of see that. But again, he's only got one title. I wouldn't put... See, I don't... I can see where the argument can be made. But I wouldn't go there yet because he's not ahead of Magic Johnson. Um, I would put him ahead of Steve Nash and Tony Parker. Um, just on stats alone. I would put him ahead of Derek Fisher, even though Fisher has five as a role player with the Lakers. Um, but yeah, I can, I can sort of see the argument. But again, I would not go there. Of all time, mm, he's up there. Definitely top three. But again, I think that was on the herd too. Uh, same Nick guy that talks all the bullshit about LeBron. He actually thinks LeBron and the Cavs are going to beat the Warriors. Again, if they do, my hat's off to LeBron. I respect that. But you do have a stacked team. And again, my brother says, oh, well, they're not all Hall of Famers on that team. Well, yeah, they're too young to be in the Hall of Fame. You can't be in the Hall of Fame if you're an active player. There's a world of the old on the NBA All-Star teams. I mean, on the NBA all-around all teams or whatever those are called. Well, okay. Doesn't mean anything. They've all gone to All-Star games. I mean, shit. Even Darren Williams has gone to an All-Star game. And J.R. Smith. Get the fuck out of here. He has nothing but role players. Like, yesterday's game against the Celtics, when his bench came on, I'm like, Channing Fry, um, what's-his-face, Deodor Williams. I'm like, shit. Are you kidding me? Like that's their bench. Their their that's their backups. Shit. They they were still kicking the shit out of the Celtics and their backups. So no, I mean LeBron has way too much help. Again, when he has four or five, we can start debating it. Maybe but until he has six, it's not gonna happen. So just let it go, guys. Come on, just let it go. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed the episode. That is all we have. I will pre-record some more next week on the way to Boston. We are, again, on, Snap, on Snapchat, Supermex, SoundCloud, Supermex. Check all the old episodes out. Mexican Matters. YouTube channel, Supermex. Alex Ferrari, Kato Mexican on Facebook. At SuperAssholeMex on Twitter. And send me any messages if you have any comments, questions, or concerns. See you next time, bitches. Bye.